Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. I want to get right into our teaching today. If you've got your Bibles and want to go uh, to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 46, we are going to look at the very first Christmas carol. I know a lot of y'all think that uh, the very first Christmas carol was Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer, but that's not the one. Mary, in fact, uh, she wrote and sang the first Christmas carol, and we're going to look at that today. And, uh, you know, as I said, I want the wonder of Christmas to be restored in your life and in your family. And one of the things that I know is for you to have, and there's a, actually a formula for you to actually have a, the wonder of Christmas. And, you know, all of us have experienced wonder in a lot of different ways. Maybe you've experienced wonder in a relationship or wonder when you ate some food for the first time that you never ate before. or You got a gift, and, and there was some wonder about it. But there's actually a formula to wonder. And the formula is this, is that you have to have the unexpected plus the undeserved when you have those two things, you experience wonder. And Mary experienced wonder that first Christmas when she realized that she was going to give birth to baby Jesus and that God was going to use her in, in, in a way beyond anything that she could ever dream. And you have to understand, and before, let me just kind of set this up before I read this, is that Mary and Joseph were not wealthy. They were not like the powerful. They were not the, the, the people that were in the in crowd. They were the lowest of the lowest. And the fact that God chose Mary to be used by God to bring the Savior of the world into the, into the world, it's, it's a pretty just mind-boggling thought. And you feel this in her song that she sings this first carol. This is what Mary, it says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowest state of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. And notice what it says. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. And then it says, he has pulled down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted those of low degree. Don't miss the power of this Christmas carol. He, it says, he has pulled down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants 
forever. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for these next few moments. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts, that we would be receptive to your word. In your name we pray, amen. This Christmas carol, one of the things that you see immediately, the beginning part, is that this is a, a worship that is, is, is something that's happened internally in her soul. There's been a deep change inside of her when she recognizes that she, she is being used by God and she's being used by God not because she's wealthy, not because she has status. It's because God is, is bringing about, and scholars call this, the, in the New Testament scholars call this, the great reversal. And you see the great reversal all throughout the Christmas story. For example, just look and see who was invited. The shepherds were invited to the birth of Jesus. If you know anything about the shepherds, the shepherds were not high society. They weren't the in crowd. They weren't the people that were, were the rulers. They were the nobodies. She's mentioning when she talks about the power and powerful and the mighty that sit on their thrones and it, it She's mentioning and referring to King Herod. And if you go back and you study King Herod, and a lot of times we want to skip over him because he was such an evil guy, but there's a lot that we can learn from King Herod. King Herod was a guy that was all about himself. His whole world was about himself, and, and he was all about um, his power, his status, um, his greatness, and um, just like today in our culture, the same question was being asked at that time was who's great, who's in, who's out? And the king was a person that felt like he was in, what, that he was great, and this is why when the birth of Jesus was happening, he was trying to kill Jesus. And you see this 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 powerful song that Mary is, is delivering and she's talking about this principle of, of, and this concept that I think that we can learn a lot is that God came to lift up the brokenhearted. God came to lift up the people that our world considers lost. The people that our, our world considers that are sitting on the back row. You know, you look at in our world, in our culture, we are always trying to figure out who's in, who's out, who's blessed, who, you know, who's wealthy, who's not. And we're all on this, this, this quest of trying to find greatness in our life. And if we're not careful, what happens is, is that we become like Herod where we make our life all about ourselves. And if you make Christmas, this Christmas, all about yourself, and it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to make Christmas about ourselves. And, you know, we can talk a lot about family and we can talk a lot about the gifts and all that. But at our nature, at our core, we want to believe that this is all about myself and what I deserve and what I expect. And oftentimes what happens is our life, life this is why our lives are empty. This is why Christmas does not have the wonder but it's when you get to a place that, that you start to understand that greatness comes to people who die to appearing great. 
When you start to understand that the, the Christmas story was, was about God bringing about something totally brand new into the world, that this wasn't about just that the blessed, the people that are blessed are the people that are wealthy, that people that were, were good looking and all of this kind of stuff. He comes and brings this great reversal that now the broken, the, the people that the society had given up on, the people that, that, that nobody thought could be used by God, now they're on the center stage. And I, I, I believe this is a constant battle for all of us that we're trying to appear great. And greatness comes to people who die to appearing great. You know, I mean, you, you think about even when you're getting a Christmas card and you're looking at it and, you know, you, then you look at your own family and you're like, man, they look so perfect on this card. Why can't my family be like that? You know, and you're like, man, they're so good looking and their kids are so, but you don't know what they went through to get that picture. They took 50,000 pictures and they edited it. But we live in a world and in a culture that it's all about appearing great. And what Mary, you look at this, I love the fact that Mary doesn't make this song about herself. Why did Mary had every right to make this, this Christmas carol about how awesome she is and that she's about to give birth to, to the Messiah, to the Savior. Why doesn't she make it about herself? It's because it's not her birthday. It's the birthday of Jesus. And Christmas cannot be about you. If Christmas is about you getting one getting a bigger TV and getting all this stuff and it's just about you, you'll miss what Christmas is about. It cannot be about you because it's not your birthday. I know some of y'all want it to be your birthday, but it's not your birthday. We have to get to a place that we, we again, we understand that greatness comes to people who die to appearing great. And isn't it true? We, we, we fight to look good. We want to appear great. We even like when an officer pulls you over, you try to appear better than you are, right? I heard about a husband and a wife that got pulled over and the, the, the husband was driving. The officer comes up to the window and he says, sir, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. I don't know if you realize you were going 70 and a 35 and, and, and he's like, Officer, I'm so sorry. I never speed. And his wife leans over and she said, Officer, he always speeds. <laughs> and he says, and the officer says, and sir, I've noticed you don't have your seatbelt on. And he's like, oh, sir, I always, I have been driving for 30 years. I always wear my seatbelt. His wife leans over and says, Officer, he never wears his seatbelt. He turns around and says, woman, you need to be quiet. I'm sick of you. You need to be quiet. The officer looks over to his wife and he says, ma'am, is he always this mean to you? And she looks back at the officer and says, no, not normally, just when he's been drinking. Greatness comes to people who die to appearing great. And 
We're always trying to appear great. And listen to me, the danger of you trying to appear great and you making it about yourself is that you stop caring about other people. You stop caring about other people. Compassion and serving people, it's just kind of out. It's not a part of your life because you're just trying to appear great. You look at this beautiful Christmas tree. And all of us love the Christmas tree and how beautiful it is. And this is how we kind of want our life to look. We want our life to look put together. And we go to great extremes and, and we fight hard. We work so hard to look perfect. But what happens is we forget that that once looked like this. How many of y'all have got demon-possessed lights? My lights are this way. In fact, this year we had like, I mean, we needed the Lord at our house. Because we put our three up. We were already putting our decorations on. I start to plug it in and a whole middle section is not on. I tried. I'm a man. I knew I could solve it, but I could not. We had to yank the whole thing down, get a part of, part of it. Our tree, understand, our tree's eight years old. We bought it at the Christmas store. How many of you know it's out of warranty? I had the great idea, and God anointed me with this great idea. We pull up to the Christmas store, and I said, babe, you're really pretty. I'm going to sit out in the car, and you take it in there, and the guys in there are going to love you, and they're going to just fix it. And I'm here to give God the glory that she walked in there with that, and then like 10 minutes later walked out, and she said, they fixed it for free. I told her, I said, I told you you're beautiful. You need to listen to me. Start putting gas. No, I'm just, oh, <laughs> I'll be quiet. Uh, but this is what our life looks like. We're messed up. And when we experience the grace of God and the forgiveness of God, this is what we look like now. And this is how you look today. But there was a day that you looked like this. And what happens is we want to forget about the grace and the mercy of God, and we want to work on trying to appear great. But every single one of us in here, we got this as a part of our life. It is a part of our life. Listen to me. As long as you don't remind yourself about this, you will never have compassion and care about other people. See, you study the life of Jesus, and the way he touched people's lives. Jesus was always looking for the people that were broken, the people that the world had given up on. Listen, we all have parts of our story. We all mess up. Do you know that? Let me just give you this example that studies have shown that like one out of 11 people in the last five years have shoplifted. That means look down your row and count 11 people. <laughs> It's that guy. Look down your road, count 11 people, and that's that person that's been shoplifting. We all, but this is how our life looks. And listen, I, I just want to remind you of that because we need to die to appearing great. See, you want to appear great, it's when people can see God in you. And the greatest way that people can see God in you is when you serve other people. When you stop making it about yourself and you start 
caring about people and you start having this compassion. I love what Dallas Willard says about this. He says to glorify God. And again, this Christmas carol that Mary is singing, it's called the Magnificent. And it is partly called that because she is magnifying and glorifying God. You want God to be glorified and you want to glorify this this Christmas. You want to glorify God? Have compassion for people. And listen to what he says. To glorify God means to live in a way that when you are looked at, I love this. When you are looked at, people think how good God must be to have thought up you. You know that family member that everybody else has given up on? That son that, that maybe, it, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's a coworker. I don't know. God puts people in our lives. And, and, and they know they don't deserve compassion. None of us do. But we need compassion. I'm not talking about deserving it. I'm talking about that people need it and people look at you giving them that compassion and they're like, God must be a good God to have thought about and made you. See, compassion begins when we begin to immerse ourselves into somebody else's story. And again, this is Mary celebrating and talking about how God is using her and God has had this compassion on her. And you see this story, through, you see this trend throughout the Christmas story. You see this with the, 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 the um, shepherds and, and, and go just start reading the, the life of Jesus. You see this continually, that God showed people compassion. And compassion, again, it begins when we begin to immerse ourselves in somebody else's story. And, and man, isn't it hard to immerse ourselves in somebody else's story when you're wrapped up in your own narrative and in your own story and you got to get your Christmas done and you're not thinking about getting somebody else a gift. You're not thinking about that single mom that can't afford to buy gifts for her kids. You're not thinking about that. But when you begin to Allow God to let that compassion flow through you. You start to see the unexpected happen. You start to see what God begins to do in people's lives when they say, you know what, I don't deserve this. This is so unexpected, so undeserved. What's happening is they're experiencing the wonder of Christmas in their life. I want to ask Jim Hampton to come up here. He is our outreach pastor. A lot of you guys know him. Give a, give a hand for Jim Hampton. And, um, you know, you guys, this church has been amazing at having compassion and just loving people and not making it about ourselves. And I wanted Jim to come, and, and I call him Jimmy. Y'all can call him Jimmy, too. Uh, um, he has such a heart for people and, and leads us in such an incredible way. I just want you to listen to just a lot of the great things that are happening here at Creekwood. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, first, man, what about the stage? Isn't it amazing? Feel like I'm on a <clears throat> feel like I'm on a Donnie Marie Christmas special or something like that. But anyway, um, yeah, serving is kind of near and dear to my heart, but it's that way because it's near and dear to Creekwood's heart. 
one of our values at Creekwood is we serve always. We're never more like Christ than we're serving the needs of others. The thing about serving, when we think about it, we generally think it's an action. I'm going to go out and I'm going to feed somebody or I'm going to give them some clothes or maybe provide shelter. And that's true. But it's what happens during the process. It's the relational aspect of serving is where God does the work in us and in those that we serve. And the process that he takes us through during this is amazing. Needs are met. People get food, right? They need food. Fort Worth, they really don't need food, though, by the way. We go over there all the time. There's, they can get food any, anywhere. They can get shelter. There's quite a few places they can go and get shelter. They can get clothing as well. But they need that stuff. It's a physical need that these people have. What they lack is this. Me looking at you, you looking at me, having a conversation. And seeing what God does during that conversation. Not only to you, to them, but also to you, both sides of the table. And when we combine these things, lives are changed. It's just that simple. It's a process, but he begins to change who we are. Over the last seven years, I've seen amazing things happen because of people just saying, you know what, I'm going to go out and serve. Chris Palma, been through divorces last year. He and his daughter make cookies for our beautiful feet ministry almost every month. 300 cookies they bake. And through this divorce, through all this heartache in his life, God's changing him. Tracy Shelton, who came out to beautiful feet a couple of times. The second time she's there, she's sitting there across the table praying with a lady. Amazing to see these things happen. Seven years ago, I was invited to go out to Unity Park. A bunch of us guys went out there. We're going to feed the homeless for Christmas. You know, everybody's going to Christmas time. We're all, we're all serving, right? And that day, as we were leaving, it was a cold, wet December day. And God put it on my heart. Who's going to be out here next month? So I asked Peggy, the girl we were working with, who's going to be here next month? She said, somebody will be, not as many as today, but there will be. We started serving that next month. It's changed my life forever. All he needs is a little space, a little commitment, a little time. Maybe an hour a month, an hour a month. See what he does with your life. And one of the songs we sang talked about being done by who you are that's what God does when we start to serve others he undoes he undoes who we are that those lights I was those lights I was a selfish self-absorbed person and slowly but surely he's undone my ball of tangled lights and he just wants to do that with all of us and if you feel like Charlie Brown this Christmas and there's something missing, you don't need to go to Lucy. <laughs> serve. Reach out and serve somebody. Let it start this Christmas, but don't let it stop. Because over time, he's going to change who you are. And the magnification of that, 
you have no idea what's going to happen. We, none of us do, but that doesn't matter because that's what God wants us to do. He calls us. He doesn't need you to serve. He needs you to experience what you're going to get from serving. So we've had a, uh, we have a list of things that, uh, current things that we're doing on a regular basis here, some of the outreach uh, opportunities we have on a regular basis. Second Wednesday night uh, every month, the fourth Saturday morning, we go to Beautiful Feet, um, provide them a meal, a message, and some music. We have some worship people from church go out. And I've always said, you know, we do this stuff, but what we talk about is we're going out and we're passing out smiles. And that's what we do everywhere we go. That's what Creekwood does. We pass out smiles. Ronald McDonald House. Kim Drennan's been having that ministry for quite a few years, y'all. Going over to Ronald McDonald House in Dallas and preparing a meal for people who are there um, whose kids are really sick and they're going through a hard time. And you sit down and have a meal with them and give them a rest for a little bit and a good word. Um, one thing we started here recently is First Serve Saturday. It's a kind of an offshoot of Serve Day. And every first Saturday of the month, we're going out and we're doing some type of project. Uh, and lastly, we just started a, a program with the MISD. We're sponsoring Mary, Mary Jo Shepherd Elementary School where we're providing meals for kids on the weekends who, are, who don't have food. So we're going to do some more things with them too. So I urge you to take your cameras out and take a picture. Make sure you don't get me in it because that wouldn't be good. But take pictures and, and make notes of this stuff. Uh, this Friday night, though, this Friday night we're going out to Beautiful Feet for their annual Christmas Blitz. And just real quickly, what, what that entails is there's going to be about 60 trucks and trailers decorated just like this. Well, not maybe not as in-depth, but we're going to go out into the neighborhoods surrounding beautiful feet. Those aren't good neighborhoods. But we get in the back of those trailers with some hay bales and some toys. We drive down these streets and start singing Christmas carols, and the kids just start coming outside. And we get to hand them, bless them, pray with them, have some wonderful conversations during this time. It's our third year to do this. Um, last thing is my email is up here too. If you have any questions about any of the serving opportunities, if you have an idea for a serving opportunity, give me a shout. Let's put it into practice. But like I said earlier, he doesn't need you to serve. You need you to serve. It's changed my life forever. He does amazing things when we just give him a little bit of space. Thank you. You know, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 2 says, But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but there's a big difference between spilling and pouring. When you spill something, it's by accident. When you pour something, it's on purpose. You know, I think a lot of us, when it comes to our life, we're, we're so preoccupied in trying to be great. And our life is just kind of a random, kind of every once in a while we're spilling out a little bit of kindness and a little bit of love. And What would your life look like if you made the decision to say, you know what, this year, this Christmas, and beyond Christmas, I want to start pouring out my life. I want to start pouring out my giftedness. And I want to start pouring out my 
experiences of the grace of God and how God came and worked in my life and he's changed my life and just pour it out on people. You know, this is what's made this church great. It's that people have decided not to be satisfied with just sitting in rows and saying that we're a part of a church, but we decided a long time ago that we were gonna go out and we were gonna show love and compassion and care about people. I wanna pray with you this morning and I'd like to ask for you just to bow your heads for just a few moments. And Father, I thank you for the way that you speak into our lives. And Lord, I know that you wanted us to be here to hear this today. And God, I pray for every person today that has listened to these words. And Lord, I pray that God, they would fight against what our culture has pushed on all of us. That our culture has tried to convince us that we need to make it about ourselves, that we need to push for our greatness, to push for our advancement. And that what we would understand is that the most powerful thing that we can do in our life is begin to care and show compassion to people that God puts in our life. Father, we thank you for this. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.